Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These these your notes about what we're going to say? Anything is a short answer. (laughs) So how many novels did you not finish? Oh my God, so many. (laughs) It was perfect. What are you talking about? This is nonsense. Ooh, a spicy question. I love it. (laughs) This is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. (laughs) You better hear first. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to The Right and Wrong podcast. On this week's episode, I'm joined by a TV and film writer whose debut novel, Hotel 21, is coming out imminently. It's Centre Rich. Hi, Centre. Welcome to the Hi, show. Hi, Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for I'm coming excited. on. I'm excited to talk to you. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it must be very exciting. Your, your first book coming out. How are you feeling about everything? Yeah, well, you know, it takes a long time to publish a book. So mm-hmm. um, I would have got the book deal two years ago. And it's taken that long. So it's been, to be honest, for a while there, you wonder if you're going to make it, you know, <laughs> like you're actually going to get there. So it's very close now. And now it's coming like a freight train. But yeah, no, it's great. And, um, and of course, it's, um, um, it's very exciting. Yes. As of us recording this right now, it's not out, but it will be by the time this airs. Um, and I, so I know that you used to work in advertising. So how is your no spoiler pitch for the book? Yeah, well, it is. Okay. So it's about a young woman called Noelle, who's a hotel cleaner, but also a kleptomaniac, but she's not your regular kleptomaniac. She also, uh, she only takes small, um, and insignificant things that she hopes nobody will notice are missing. And that's until she starts her 21st hotel cleaning job when she meets a a group of, well, she's teamed up with a group of diverse, strong women who begin to challenge the way that she lives and who she is. And so going from hotel to hotel, it's quite a nomadic, isolated, lonely life that she doesn't even realise that she's living. And these women kind of shake her up and electrify her a bit and bring her into the land of the living, maybe. Maybe. You, you could say. So that's her, that's her journey. Amazing. That I think. Well, that was a great elevator pitch. Oh, was and, it? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I really enjoyed it. I really like how uh, in the book, sort of when she moves between hotels, she writes a very sort of uh, a handwritten kind of list of of, uh, of all the things that she's taken. Yeah, uh, which is a really nice touch in the book. Was that something that was you had in there, like from your kind of early drafts, or was it added in later? No, it was there from early drafts. Um, <laughs> it was very much. You know, because I had I had the idea for the book when I stayed in a small hotel in Lisbon, and I annoyed the hotel cleaner by accident by leaving my hotel room really late, <laughs> when she was waiting outside with her arms crossed, waiting for me to leave, and I felt really awful. Like she gave me a dirty look, and quite right too. Oh. You know, I probably ruined a day without realizing it. Anyway, I went out. When I came back that evening, my hairbrush was missing, and. I immediately was like, oh, it was a revenge lift. She took my hair <laughs> rushed to piss me off, you know. 
And um, and I just got started thinking about the character, what she took, why did she do it? Did she do it a lot? Did she, does she only take hairbrushes? You know, this kind of thing. And uh, yeah, and then I started thinking, well, maybe, you know, and she also had power. You know, she had this power over me uh, by taking my hairbrush. It kind of really, yeah, it was kind of quite an inconvenience. And it's also not something you're going to complain about. You're not going to say my secondhand hairbrush has gone missing. Yeah. You know, they'll just laugh at you, right? So I thought she's really clever. She's done this really well. And um and and then I started thinking, well, she yeah, she has power over me. Maybe she doesn't have because she wants power over her own life. So anyway, I started thinking about this first as a TV series, maybe, or as a as a character, a hero for a screenplay. Uh, but then I, I don't really know why, but I wrote it in first person and I started writing the book. But the lists thing was very much it was very much part of the control she has over her life. Mm-hmm. So she can look at everything she's done. She can go back over it. And this, and she keeps her, the things that she takes, which are small, they don't really matter to anyone, but they matter to her. And she keeps them like religious relics almost. Mm-hmm. And for her, when she sees them and she looks through her notebook, it just means that she, her life for her is working. She exists. Look what she's doing, and everything's fine. You know, when it so yes. isn't. When it so isn't. <laughs> but I think we all have our trunks, Jamie. We all have yes, our trunks. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and people always say writing lists is a is like a healthy way to kind of be more productive and things like that. So I guess. Oh, do they? Yeah. I mean, you know. Way. I mean, as a child, child, as as a teenager, I kept a day by day diary, and I think you know, it's just kind of you know, a record of everything you're doing. And yeah. Um, yeah. And it it really mattered to me that it mattered to her, that these things mattered to her, if you know what I mean. So yes. she didn't just get them and shove them in a drawer or stick them somewhere or throw them away. She had to keep them and she had to care about them. You know? like, like her trophies. Yeah. Yeah. More like, just more like evidence of her, oh, of, yeah. of her, um, existence or something because you know she had a very she's been in um so she's been in survival mode since she was a child so um this is all part of that survival resilience i was gonna ask and you already mentioned it um that w- whether this was or not good going to be because that was a really that's a really great origin for like the kind of inception of this idea um but i was going to ask whether given your background this was originally going to be for television or, or film or written in screenplay form yeah well it wasn't originally going to be that but that would have been my first port of call thinking right. about this character you know that's my first that's the first place that my brain will go um yeah. so for a couple of days it was going around inside my head and i you know i i just i, I was still away and I just read a first-person short book, and I thought, oh, what if I could do it like that? And I just tried it. I wrote the first um, 4,000 4, words, so I picked up my notepad, which was beside me. I put the book down. I read it very quickly in a couple of hours. I put the book down, wrote the first 4,000 words, typed them up immediately because my handwriting's appalling. If I don't do that, <laughs> I won't be able to read my own handwriting. <laughs> So I did it very quickly and then I gave it to my son and my husband to read. And my son was the big test because I said, just read the first page because he was 
16 at the time. And, you know, he reads everything I write, poor chap, kind of make him. And um, I said, look, you only need to read the first page, but he read all of it. And I went, oh, I might be onto something here. And he said, I really like that, mum. Uh, and then my husband read it and said, yeah, I really think you should keep writing that. So I just so I just did. I mean, writers, whatever we, whatever happens to us, we get, we just write things. We don't know where they're going to go or if anyone's yeah. going to want them, you know. Um, so you go off on this journey, but I really wanted to go on this journey with, um, Noelle, you know, she really, really fascinated me uh-huh. and I wanted to know more about her and explore it. And it was really liberating that it wasn't a script, that it was <laughs> okay. first person. And I, it, yeah, it just felt really, really, really freeing. I mean, maybe novelists that write screenplays have different kind of feeling of freedom. I don't know, but it really was. I don't have to worry who, who she needs to talk to. <laughs> I don't know, you know, I'm just, she's just going to tell us what's going on. And, yes. um, but obviously it's from her point of view and her way of viewing the world. Um, mm. uh, so yeah, it was, I really, uh, it was quite a frenzied write, but I really enjoyed it because I wrote the very first time I wrote it, I wrote in them um, like continuous stream of consciousness. Because it was the only way I could could keep the energy and the pace. So I just wrote it how she was talking. Oh, and that's okay. how I wrote the whole book. And when it went to my agent the first time, the, one of the first things she said was, you're going to have to write this like a proper book and take the, <laughs> di- take the dialogue, take out the dialogue and put it in on on like its own page and things like that. And that was probably one of the hardest things I had to do, actually. Uh, because oh, okay. I was quite afraid that I would lose the sense and the pace, but I didn't. I didn't. It 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 it, it was fine. Um, so yeah, like I didn't have speech marks, you see, to start with. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. I, I yeah. see what you're saying. But yeah. it's exactly the way that it was. It's just some of the dialogue is broken out. You know, yeah. it's the same. It's the same. It's the same piece of writing. Uh, it was just like it was just the um the format yes uh, yeah and some Formatting of it's still in that yeah and you can still see some of it the original style of the original uh, draft you can still see some of it still in there uh but obviously it's not all of it yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. so i kept it whenever i could Where, wherever it made sense to keep it I, I'm yes guessing. yes especially if it's dialogue that you want to know that somebody said this and said that, but you don't necessarily want to put it on the dialogue line because it really warrants its own dialogue line. Mm-hmm. It's not really important enough. Yeah. So you want to say something. Sometimes it's nice just to say, Marley said this and I said no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that all done with your your editor? Was that the kind of back and forth with, once that had already been, once it was already sort of under contract and you were working with an editor? Well, that was done before it went to the publishers. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I did that with my agents, very smart lady, Marianne Gunn O'Connor, and she, um, she, she said, "Listen, you're going to have to break it out." So that was fine. Yeah. So, uh, but it did take me quite a while to, if, you know, I don't know, a while to <laughs> to do that. I did. Yeah. It was it was it was gnarly. You know, it's probably the right word for it. So I, I tend to write like regularly daily you know 9 30 to 6 is kind of my routine but when you're doing something like that all day 
Yeah. yeah, you end up with a headache at the end of the day. You know? Yeah, it's draining. It's kind of yeah. emotionally draining as well, just kind of going over your your same words and things. Yeah, just trying to keep the pace. Yeah. Was there a second sort of editing phase that happened once you were working with the publisher? Yes. Well, also with the agent, the other, before it went to the publishers, uh, I'd written quite a short book. I'd, I'd been aiming for 45,000 words because I thought if I write a short book, probably won't bore anybody (laughs) and because I hadn't written a book and I've always thought I've never really wanted to write a book before I love books reading but it's never really been something I've been drawn to so I wrote quite a short book it was 65,000 words but she said you're gonna it's got to be 80 (laughs) it's got to be 85 so you've got to add like 20,000 words I was quite pleased because I thought well she wants to read another 20,000 words great (laughs) (laughs) So oh, I quite enjoyed that, I added. And then it went, then we got the publishing deal, Bloomsbury and the editing process then. Uh, they wanted to see, you know, more of the women, um, the team, and they just wanted to see more of the hotel. Um, yeah. And and so the, the notes were actually really lovely because I was like, well, I really would love to write that. So I had to do that. So the novel's now 90,000 words, but even though I was adding... I still had to take stuff away. Um, so that was, but I, I don't find that hard uh, with screenwriting. You rewrite, edit, rewrite, edit all the time. So you really can't get too attached to, you have to be quite brutal and say, well, this actually isn't adding that much. I like it and it was hard to write and I did this, but at the end of the day, I really don't need it. Yeah, because yeah. I imagine with screenwriting, stuff gets cut all the like even after it's sort of filmed and like ready to go. You go to the editing room, and then large amounts of film often just don't end up making it into the yeah. final product yeah. or whatever. It is. Yeah, yeah, and you know they're probably the right decisions. Yeah, um, you know, um, yeah, like less is always more. You know, that's true of screenwriting, and it's true in in the advertising world, and it's not always true in novel writing. Um, but, um, I think, you know, you can, I mean, I love big tomes of books that I can just get lost in for weeks, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and sometimes maybe they could, you know, they could have been edited a bit, but why, if you're enjoying it so much? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, a yeah, screenplay, yeah. you know, you can't really have three hour, four hour. Well, well, well tell that to the Batman. <laughs> exactly. But they are, they are separate stories, aren't they? Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, as a rule, as a rule, if if there are rules or for the form, the art form of screenwriting, you know, it's it's ninety pages to one hundred to one hundred and ten pages, really. You know, and you don't really go over that unless you're James Cameron, then you write whatever you want. <laughs> or uh, I heard Martin Scorsese's m- new movie might be four hours long. Really. Yeah, I I read that online, so I don't know if it's 100 percent Well, Martin Scorsese but... is known for not letting his movies out of the editing suite. Like he 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 has to have them prized out of his hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he, he like he 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 says it. I've been to Q and A with him, and and he and and he he says he'll just keep editing, editing, editing until someone comes in and says it's we need it. Oh, and he just has to hand over what he had. So, um, oh, I can't wait to see that. But that's amazing. I mean, if someone's going to do a four-hour film, then it'd be Martin Scorsese, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had had to be oh, one yeah. of those old one of those old legends. Yeah, um, yeah. 
let's get back to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So based on what you were talking about there, um, uh, it sounded slightly frantic, the first draft of, yes. of, of this novel. <laughs> Am I right in thinking then that you are what what we would call a, a pantser or a discovery writer? A what writer? What's the first one? So a pantser. A pantser? What's that? <laughs> yeah, as in flying by the seat of your pants. Oh, a pantser. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Or or a, a discovery writer. Uh, so that's the fancy way of that's what George R. R. Martin calls it, discovery writing, where there's no real there's kind of a very vague plan, but you're just kind of going with the flow and the story kind of finds itself. You find the story as you write it. And the panther is just winging it. Sorry, those from are the same. One. Those they're 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 kind of the same. It's it's right. planner planner versus panther. Planner versus panther. Okay. Well, I think probably I'm a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. When I sat down to write even the first 4,000 words of Hotel 21, I already knew instinctively what I was going to do, that there was going to be this woman with a problem and she would start at the hotel and it was at this hotel she would meet somebody. This was very rough, that she would meet somebody and it was going to cause her a problem and this is what was going to cause change and transformation and that was all I knew. But that's quite, and that I was going to tell it in a a short space of time. So it wasn't an epic novel. It was, we pick up the character of Noelle at the moment that she's in the most crisis, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I knew. So I I knew roughly what my milestones were going to be, but I didn't know who the people were going to be in Hotel 21 at that point. And I wasn't entirely sure how her past was going to pan out, but I did have a feeling about who she was and where she was at at that moment. Uh, So I enjoyed finding out about her. But Uh, yeah, I mean, so I didn't write down a structure or anything like that. Yeah. Now with screenplays, you would have the same, you, you have an idea, okay, so this person is going to happen. Great, that's, that's definitely, you know, a story in there somewhere. But with screenplays, you know, you do have to plan a lot more. So I, I enjoyed uh, writing the novel. I didn't have to do the same level of it because screenwriters, one of the big, prob- one of the big problems for screenwriters, especially new screenwriters, uh with that you jump in really quickly straight away you just want to get in and start writing you've had an idea of an opening scene and la 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 and then before you know it you dry up and you're like Uh. with screenwriting you know it's really important to plan um and so but with the but with with this book i just knew i didn't have to do that i had more freedom yeah I i had i had a bit more freedom yeah well, you just have a lot more control um, because you are sort of in control of every single aspect of it. Whereas I, I don't have much experience with screenwriting, but just having seen some, some screenplays and things like that, there's 
you know, it's you're not just writing the the story of the things that happened. You're writing sort of a few directions here and there. You need to bring in different characters. The dialogue needs to drive the whole thing. If you're going to have an inner monologue, that's like a, a that's like an external inner monologue in a way. Like there's there's a lot more moving parts in terms of who's doing what and where other people are going to need to come in and stuff. Whereas when you're writing a book as an author, you are in con- complete control and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I I really I really think that's totally true, Jamie. Yeah, I think so. Um, with screenwriting, it's really really hard. And I'm not saying that writing a novel is easy. All writing is difficult. It's mm. all hard. But that doesn't mean you don't have to enjoy it. Sometimes yes. with screenwriting, you know, it really is pulling your hair out. It's really, really <laughs> difficult. And, you know, and then if, if you find you're more likely to have a story problem in a screenplay, I think, than you are maybe in a in a novel, but I, you know, I've only written one novel for first first person, so I, I don't feel very qualified to say that. But <laughs> but I think you can find your way more, mm-hmm. um, you know, with 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 a screenplay. If you get to you know page seventy five, and suddenly it wasn't, you know, it's not working that right way. The problem was probably on page twenty, and you know, you've got to yeah. rewrite that now. So. It's yeah. not like that with a novel, I don't think. Well, yeah, I mean, not, not first person. I don't know what it's like to write third person thriller. I'm sure thriller writers probably, and again, I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming if I was going to write a, a thriller or a detective story, you would have to plot, I mean, you know, to some, you would to think some level. That's what I thought. And then I've interviewed a few thriller authors who – kind of go in a similar system to you that they sort of say there are milestones but it's yeah it's wild and then they'll get to the end and they'll be like right now how do i fix it yeah yeah so <laughs> now, it's a little how, bit like a back. screenplay it's a little bit like a screenplay um where they where they have to go and then add things in and layer things in yeah, yeah because yeah, i yeah, think yeah. you know with the written word because also like i write longhand first mm-hmm. whether it's screenplay or a novel um and I think that whole, uh, you know, that feeling of discovery and artistry or whatever it is, it, it feels like pen on paper. There's a lovely feel to it. And, and you're turning the pages and you're writing quickly and you're going back and crossing <laughs> things out. And you're, you know, you're finding your story in a way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with screenwriting, you don't have, well, you can. I mean, you could write long with screenwriting maybe and write 180 pages and then go in and just try and edit it all down. But I don't, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we all write in different ways and all write yes, exactly. different. And for me, the most exciting thing about this was it was first person mm-hmm. and I just really, you know, I had a lot of fun uh, yeah. being this, being her. And it comes through in the book. The book is very fun to read and it's like, it's funny whilst also being sort of quite serious and touching on serious tones and, and, uh, and character shifts. And speaking of, uh, screenplays, um, this book has already been optioned for a television series with MGM. That's right. Will you be involved in that adaptation? Wow. That is the million dollar question, (laughs) Jamie. (laughs) Okay. If I have anything to do with it, I'm on a plane. No, listen, the truth is, right. So it's actually um, Orion, 
uh, Ryan Television, who are okay. part of MGM. They're owned right. by them. Um, they optioned it early on. So it was a preempt deal. Hadn't been sent out. I had a chat with them, which <laughs> is quite funny because there's a screenwriter in in the back of my head going, talking to television producers in America. Tell them about your screenplays <laughs> and your TV pilots now. Tell them, just 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 drop it in. Uh, but, you know, it would have been totally inappropriate and rude mm-hmm, to anything mm-hmm. like that. And I was trying to act cool. <laughs> I don't know whether I pulled it off. But anyway, um, we were having a chat and they were really fabulous, really smart, very clever, had great thoughts about the book and how they wanted to do a series and everything. I mean, it really was a no-brainer. Um, but what I said to them was, I'd really like to be in the story room. <laughs> and they were like, absolutely, yeah, no problem. I was like, yeah, it's only an extra chair at the table. Um, and they said, yeah, 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 that's, yeah that, that's, that's great. But it's not in my contract, Jamie. And okay. the other thing they said was <laughs> that I could help to write the pilot. But again, it's not in my contract. And I wouldn't have put that in because I don't want to hinder the project. Yeah. The odds are against you. They so many things are optioned every year, and only a handful of stuff gets made. I mean, we think that television is making everything. You know, it's still hugely uh, hard and tough yeah. to get anything yeah, yeah. made. It takes a miracle, really, and a lot of planets aligning and all that kind of stuff. So, so that has. So, I'm just waiting to hear. I think where they're at at the moment is they're looking for a showrunner. Uh-huh. And they're really hard to come by, um, I think. Uh, and and then once they have that, it really is, you know, it'll be up to them, really. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm just going to wait. I mean, I'm not, to be honest, Jamie, like I, I'm not very good at hustling. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I was better because mm-hmm. screenwriter, you've really got, to, you've got to be able to do that. And I'm just not very good at it. I just wish I was better. I give the impression that I am, apparently. Okay. Um, but, but I'm not. <laughs> That's half the battle, right? <laughs> yeah, because I, I wonder if someone else would have said to them, oh, by the way, I've got some screenplays and some TV pilots. Would you read them? Maybe someone else would have said that to them. I don't know. But my yeah. instincts were, don't be rude <laughs> and keep your cool, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, they yeah. were really lovely. And, and I think it's in very good hands. Okay, great. So So you're sort of cautiously optimistic that you might get to be involved but if it's not going to be that much then that's okay well the first thing is yeah the first thing is is it going to get made is it Um, yeah yeah, because sometimes people get a deal when they sell the rights to their book yeah um they get a um before they even sign they've got the deal and it's going to be made yeah so that that that's not the case um with with hotel 21 but that's fine we'll see i'm Fingers just crossed. so happy and also because i thought this isn't a screenplay and then i was talking to them and they were like well this chapter's like an episode and this chapter's like an episode <laughs> and i was thinking yeah i suppose you know my um just naturally my instincts were probably to write like that yeah. Know, uh, yeah, yeah yeah you know so that makes sense yeah, yeah. but no it is i i'm not um i am obviously would be wonderful but um we'll yeah, see just wait. yeah we we yeah, will yeah. see watch watch this space <laughs> watch this space. <laughs> um 
And before we get on to the final question, I, I, I do often like to ask my guests about um, advice uh, that they could give sort of um, aspiring writers. And uh, well, I don't, I have far fewer screenwriters on the podcast than I do authors. So I wonder if I might ask if you had any advice for aspiring screenwriters looking to get into writing for film and television. Yeah, I would say this. It's a really, really tough, tough mm-hmm. world and business. It's full of near misses and disappointment. So what I would say is you're allowed one day to lick your wounds and have all your (laughs) negative thoughts about, am I any good at this and should I be doing this and when's it going to happen? And then you get back up the following day and sit down and get on with it because uh, that you really got to have a thick skin and you've got to just focus on the craft, focus on the craft, focus on becoming a better writer. Those are your goals. Um, And when you've written one thing and you're sending it out, get on with the next thing you know there's too many people just get obsessed with this one script they've written and i need to send this out why does anybody want it and why does it or it gets you know i've had things that have had um you know people that are really like excited about it and it's optioned and like oh god it's actually gonna get made and then nothing happens yeah so you just have to go well that's just the business next you know so it is kind of an irony that i'm having success with a I mean, I do write. It's it's my job. I write for TV and film or whatever. But and you know, I do make a living, so I'm incredibly grateful. But my goal is always to write screenplays that are going to get made. TV pilots are going to get picked up. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it is. It's a life disappointment and then mrs jamie i don't recommend it <laughs> well i mean it's funny because it, that a lot of that is very applicable to uh to writing a novel and also yeah. submitting your novel to publish and things like that so oh yeah great it's painful painful, yeah. I think painful most creative industries that is quite applicable to yeah one day of misery be as miserable <laughs> as you possibly can yeah. cry go for walks and you know feel sorry for yourself yeah. Uh, but then get over it as quickly as you can because it's not worth the energy and it's not worth the time you're going to waste mm-hmm. in being, um, you know, so full of angst. It's just not exactly, worth it yeah. because something yeah. will happen. The next screenplay you write could be it. So you just got to keep going. Yeah, and each time each time you write anything, you know, you're honing the craft, you're getting better. So hopefully everything yeah. you write is better than the last thing. So yeah. you get there eventually. Yeah. And you just have to learn all the time. Why didn't this why didn't this you know particular story resonate what you know or you might get notes back from somebody and they could be pretty damning maybe or they at least feel like they are um so uh you know you but you need to learn from that you need to Mm -hmm. take it on the chin and go right do better you know it's tough it's really tough it's tough you've got to persevere yeah things Awesome. Well, that's great advice all around. And that brings us on to the final question, which as always is the often dreaded, if you were <laughs> stranded on a desert island with a, with a single <laughs> book, which book would you take with you? Yeah. So I knew you were going to ask me this and I've been agonizing over it, asking all my <laughs> friends, what book would you take? And sometimes they say a book that I haven't even heard of. And I'm like, oh God, I haven't even heard of that book. <laughs> so what I decided to say is, and I've really thought about this long and hard, Jamie, um, is I would take Moby Dick because I haven't read it yet. I've never read it. And it's about, I I think I like the themes. 
you know. <laughs> and and it's a big book. It's big enough. So I'd read it. I'd, I'd bring that. Because the other thing is I have a lot of favorite books I've read many, many, many times. Yeah. And I think uh, I'd want something new and something <laughs> about sea. So, yeah, that's that's. That's, that's, that's great. what I will be. But I have had several options, Jamie, along the way. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I hope I'm never stranded on a desert island. Oh my God, I'd be so lonely. Or at uh, least if you were, you had like a library with you. <laughs> yeah, or a note. I'd rather bring a notepad and a pen. Okay. Yeah, than a book. Um, if I had to choose. Write um, your own book. Well, yeah, I'd just have something for that. <laughs> I, I could just write, yeah, yep. whatever it was. Probably get really good about writing about what sand looked like or something. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if a publisher will pick that up. But... No, but you see, it wouldn't, it really wouldn't matter because I'm on a, I'm yeah, on a desert exactly. island. Yeah, like, who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> You'd know everything about that sand. Amazing. <laughs> well, the, um, great, a great choice. Uh, it's always nice to have um, some classics uh, on the book. There's a reason yeah. they're on the island. There's a reason these books are, uh, become classics because they are timeless. Um, well, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast and um, telling us all about your work and uh, the new book, Hotel 21, and your experiences. It's been really interesting chatting with you. Thank you. And thank you very much for your great questions. Oh, well, my pleasure. Uh, and um, you can't really find Centre online, but Hotel 21 is out in all the usual places. You can go to your local bookshop and grab it. And to make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, uh, follow along on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. To support the show, head over to the Patreon page. And for more bookish shenanigans, check out my other podcast, The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes. Thanks again to Centre and thanks to everyone listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. word the jc penny friends and family sale is back and this week we're passing the savings on to you use your extra 30 percent off coupon to prep your home and style your family for easter that's extra savings on top of our great low prices plus share your coupon with everyone you know and love it's always better when we save together jc penny make everybody count offer valid 311 through 317 exclusion supply see store or jcp.com for details everybody.